Hello, everyone. We're live, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Before we get started, before we get started, make sure that we hit that little subscribe button down there for the Matthew Paris Show. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk Houston sports. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Houston Texans quarterback, C.J. Stroud. What a game that he had the other day. Uh, 470 yards passing against uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five touchdowns and zero interceptions with a passer rating of 147.8. That is a, uh, he broke the rookie record, uh, I believe, being out Andrew Luck, former Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, uh, for most yards for a rookie quarterback in a single game. And uh, yeah, so it's great. So, and he tied the rookie record with five touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Is he a candidate, a legit candidate for MVP? Many, many people think so. After that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, many NFL players, celebrities uh, posted on their Twitter, or I should call it X now, um, that you know LeBron James said that C.J. Stroud's the real deal. Tom Brady says he could be a highly candidate, and he could win, seriously win MVP in his rookie year. Um that would be great. Uh, I think the city of Houston finally has a quarterback. I don't want to speak too early about that. You know, we'll see what he does the next game. But, uh, but yeah, uh, everybody in Houston's excited. It's football time. It's the fall. We're almost to Thanksgiving. Um, it's uh, it's going to be great. Now, um, there are people saying that on the Pat McAfee show, and people are saying, did the Carolina Panthers make a mistake by not choosing C.J. Stroud as their number one pick? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, they chose Bryce Young. And who knows, Bryce Young could be a uh, possibly legit quarterback in the future. But C.J. Stroud is having a, uh, a great rookie season. Is he in line for rookie of the year? Oh, most definitely. Offensive rookie of the year, most definitely. Um, but let's talk about MVP. MVP candidate, uh, he's got maybe possibly a good shot at it. Uh, we did have other rookie quarterbacks that come in and did well. Minnesota Vikings' Josh Dobbs did really, really well. Um, however, I mean, we'll see. From Yahoo Sports, there's no great MVP candidate yet this season. So what about Texans QB C.J. Stroud? Uh, there has been just one 470-yard passing game in the NFL this season. That was C.J. Stroud against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There are only two quarterbacks in the NFL that have 13 more touchdown passes and interceptions this season. Uh, C.J. Stroud only has one. One is Stroud. The other, Kirk Cousins, is done for the season due to injury. So Kirk Cousins is done. That's why they bring in Josh Dobbs. Uh, there's only one quarterback with more than 110 attempts and fewer than three interceptions this season. That's Stroud, who has just one pick. Um only two quarterbacks among the top ten in passing yards are more than eight yards per attempt. Uh, Miami's quarterback has an 8.5, and Stroud has an 8.1. Only one rookie quarterback has more than 176 passing uh, passes to start his career without interception. One rookie quarterback in NFL history has more than 433 passing yards in a game. Uh, Stroud. It's C.J. Stroud, of course. Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud. There are no obvious MVP candidates nine weeks into the season. At one point, do we wonder if Stroud, who is in a 17-game pace for 3,973 yards, 30 touchdowns, and two interceptions on a Houston Texans team that was expected to be among the worst in, in, in football? I mean, we were uh, among the – I say we because I'm from Houston, but we were among one of the worst last season under Davis Mills, uh, who, you know – 
I was actually a pretty uh, big proponent for Mills in his first season, but he kept doing the same thing his second season. I said, hey, man, I can't stand up for you anymore if you're going to keep doing that. Um, so uh, should be in that conversation. His unbelievable game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, complete with a last-minute drive for a game-winning touchdown, is the best performance a quarterback has had this season. Um, hell, even uh, even Tom Brady saw it, and he thought it was great. You know, a great, great um, – uh, uh, performance from C.J. Stroud. Uh, and Brady even tweeted out, or excuse me, X, said that he could uh, be be the uh, MVP. He has a legit shot at winning the MVP, not just Offensive Rookie of the Year, but the MVP. Uh, rookie or not, he's building a case. C.J. Stroud is a long shot for MVP, which I agree with. The odds don't agree with the idea that Stroud can win an MVP award. Last week at B, uh, Bet MGM, we're getting into sports betting now, he was 200 to 1 to win this award, and this week he's 125 to 1. That's a significant drop in odds, but he's still a significant long shot. Only 0.3% of bets on NFL MVP at BT MGM are on Stroud. Bet MGM are on Stroud. That number might increase. History is certainly against Stroud. The only rookie to win NFL MVP was Jim Brown in 1957. Jim Brown was the only guy. Cleveland Brown's Jim Brown. Uh, who later became an actor. He played uh, He played the coach on any given Sunday. He was on the Miami Sharks with uh, Steeman, Willie Beam, and Jamie Foxx's character. Uh, he, was a diff- he was a linebacker's coach, if you remember that movie. Brown might be the greatest football player of all time, and it was a much different era back then. This is true. There's also the case of the Texans being a playoff team. Houston is 4-4 four and four and in the mix, but history says the Texans mu- must make the playoffs if Stroud has even a remote chance at MVP. There hasn't been an MVP from a non-playing playoff team since O.J. Simpson in 1973, the juice. Uh, it took an iconic 2003 yards campaign to still remember with reverence 50 years later. It's hard to believe that Stroud could be the one to break through some of those barriers and win NFL MVP as a rookie. On the other hand, why not? You know, uh, there's no great MVP candidate has emerged. Uh, this season. There has been a strange NFL season. The best teams are up and down. The quarterbacks expected to win MVP this season, like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes are all playing worse than they did last season. Although Mahomes is kind of winning, although Travis Kelsey is kind of preoccupied with Taylor Swift right now. So every time Taylor Swift's at a Chiefs game, Mahomes is... Uh, Mahomes is, uh, or excuse me, uh, Kelsey is looking up to uh, the Swedes to see what she's doing. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson in the Dallas Cowboys there. Mahomes has been good, but this has not been a vintage season for him. Players like A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, or Christian McCaffrey should get consideration, but we all know that's not realistic. It's a quarterback award. Who's the one quarterback who has blown past expectations to have a great first half of the season? The answer to that is Stroud. He has arguably been the most enjoyable story this NFL season. Only an injury or a massive second-half slot will keep him from NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Maybe he can win more than than, uh, that. There's plenty of seasons to go, which means there's a couple of months for a more traditional candidate to take over the MVP race. Then again, maybe that's just more time for voters to warm up the idea of Stroud being the most improbable MVP we've had in decades. If Stroud keeps playing like he has, the conversation is going to start. For the MVP, uh, this is true. So um, you know who knows. Uh, he he is a long shot for the MVP. We only have one rookie 
as you know, we saw on uh, Jim Brown, the former Cleveland Browns, Jim Brown winning MVP back in the 50s. But, uh, but who knows? Who knows? He could win. Uh, let's see what he does throughout the rest of the season, and let's see if the uh, Texans go to the playoffs. Let's see what he does there. But uh, I think he will have a better shot if the Texans make the playoffs. Um, earlier, uh, in one of my earlier episodes, I said the Texans are going to win six to eight games. But who knows? I mean, they've won four games right now. We still have a lot of games left in the season, so we'll see. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about some basketball, some NBA basketball. Um, let's see here. We have the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Houston Rockets are sending rookie Cam Whitmore to the G League uh, team, the development league, which is kind of like the minor league of uh, NBA basketball. Houston's first-round rookie scored his first NBA points in Monday's win over Sacramento. Uh, Houston Rockets rookie Cam Whitmore will be sent down to the franchise's G League team in Rio Grande Valley, a team source told Cron- the Houston Chronicle on Tuesday. The timing of Whitmore's move to Rio Grande Valley is yet to be announced. The Vipers start their 2023-24 season Friday night in Memphis. Whitmore's exit from the NBA squad isn't necessarily a surprise. He's played in just three of the Rockets' six games this season, though he did score his first NBA points in Monday's thrashing the Sacramento Kings. Whitmore will now likely become a leaning ball handler and scorer for the G League squad, earning valuable reps with the Vipers as the Rockets trial a more veteran rotation compared to recent years. Perhaps Whitmore never fully joins Houston's NBA rotation this season. He could still be a notable co- uh, contributor in the coming seasons, as the franchise works to once again be a uh, penernal playoff contender. Uh, that hasn't happened in a while, because number one, we've had a, uh, you know, we've been the Houston Rockets have been uh, last place in the past three seasons in the Western Conference. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. Rockets general manager, and they started out zero and three this season. Rockets general manager Raphael Stone. Uh, sent on draft night in June, he was shocked to land Whitmore with the number 20 pick. In the Villanova prod, he expected 2023 lottery selection, won Summer League MVP in July with the Rockets. Uh, Whitmore's offensive talent in particular is intrigued given his 6'6 frame and ability to score in traffic. But this is still the player that needs meaningful minutes playing within an offensive system. Ideally, improving his assisted turnover ratio in the process. Whitmore is far from the first player to get a denomination to the G League as a rookie. He could very well uh, be the latest player to benefit from an NBA hiatus in the league's development program, with or without Whitmore on the bench. The Rocks will look to seize their best win yet to the Emmy Adoka air Wednesday night against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Tip-off on that game is from the Toyota Center in Slade for 7 p.m. Central Time. So, uh, yeah, so we're all going to be looking forward to that game. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. The, uh, the odds on that game, you know, we'll see. I mean... This is reported from Winners and Winers. Uh, two Western Conference teams face off on Wednesday night when the Los Angeles Lakers, 3-4, uh, and four, travel to take on the Houston Rockets, 3-3. Three and three. The Lakers just lost on the road in Miami going down to the Heat, 108-107, covering the spread as 1.5-point underdogs. The Rockets just won big against the Kings, winning at home, 122-97, winning outright as 2.5-point dogs. The Lakers are currently listed as three-point road favorites. Tip-off is scheduled for 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time from Toyota Center in Houston. Um, so, yeah, what uh, what's uh, what's going on there? What's going on with LeBron? I mean, the Lakers right now are 4-3. It's a lot better. Uh, better um, uh, it's a better record than the Houston Rockets, who are 8th in the Western Conference right now. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Rockets do in that game. 
and we'll see um, we'll see what happens there. Let's move on. Let's talk about college football. Uh, tomorrow at 6.30 p.m., we have uh, – this is week 11 of college football. Number 11, Louisville, takes on Virginia. Uh, on Saturday, November 11th, number two, Michigan, takes on number nine, Penn State. And uh, on Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m., number 23, Arizona, takes on Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, what are the college football playoff rankings? What are the top 25 revealed? The college football playoff selection committee updated its CFP top 25 rankings after setting the tone with a fresh look last night. After establishing the criteria used and updating each team on their chances to become one of the four playoff teams at the end of the year. They now update that picture based on the results of this weekend. During ESPN's Tuesday night reveal show, the CFP selection committee provided an important update on how they view each top 25 team based on the latest results and ongoing power struggles between key storyline builders. As the season heats up, the committee looks at each, each data point for eventually matched teams of ways to value the criteria wins and losses. After winning back-to-back national championships, Kirby Smart has Georgia back in the mix for a three-peat, uh, three but it was Ohio State who claimed the top spot in the initial rankings last week. Meanwhile, Michigan kept hold its spot in the top four despite questions from Boo Corrigan um, who, and others about the impact of NCAA's ongoing investigation into alleged cheating. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the NCAA is going on about alleged cheating that's going on between, I think, uh, a lot of teams right now. Number one, Ohio State's 9-0. Uh, they, they're going to remain number one in the CFP rankings. This is C.J. Stroud's former team, college football team. This week, after continuing their winning ways against Rutgers, despite debate on whether Georgia could pass them after picking up a, tw- a top 25 win. The committee ultimately stuck with the Buckeyes and kept them atop the sport. Um. Yeah, so with upcoming games against Michigan State and Michigan, they will continue building their resume and have every opportunity to keep that spot. Georgia right now number two is number two with 9-0. Georgia has responded to the Brock Bowers injury and two convincing victories. They face two more challenges in the coming weeks with Ole Miss and Tennessee on the schedule before a rivalry game against Georgia Tech. Uh, number three is Michigan right now. They're 9-0. Michigan continues to lock in on the football field despite swirling rumors. The, fir- the first real test comes this week on the road against Penn State, and a regular season finale against Ohio State gives them enough upward potential to reach the top spot in the CFP rankings. The committee stood by their statement that Michigan's on-field resume will not be clouded by the off-field drama that NCAA continues to sort through. Uh, here we go. Number four, Florida State, 9-0. They're undefeated in the biggest games. Florida State has two in-state rivalries left this season for AC, a double C championship opportunity. The Seminoles' resume now rolls with the week-to-week results of LSU and Clemson, as well as their own performance. Uh, given the matchup between Michigan and Ohio State on the schedule, Florida State still likely controls its own destiny regardless of how the committee views about what Washington is about to do the rest of the way. Uh, Washington is 9-0, and they're number five in the uh, poll. Washington picked up a convincing win over USC, University of Southern California, this week. It calmed some of the concerns about their recent form against laser, lesser competition. Excuse me. The Huskies still feature a Heisman frontrunner and have a gauntlet of Pac-12 games left to uh, cement their resume and move into the top four. Despite conversations last week about Oregon's chances to surpass it, Washington holds strong atop the Pac-12 contenders and awfully sits at a silver spot at Florida State and controlling its destiny. Uh, the Oregon Ducks are number six, and they're eight and one. Oregon remains the top one-loss team and knocks off the door of any team which slips from the undefeated ranks. Their resume features multiple big wins and a close loss against Washington. 
Uh, chance to display USC and Oregon State, give them more opportunity to impress the committee and improve their resume before the postseason. Uh, the rest of the top 25, number seven is the Texas Longhorns at 8-1. Alabama's 8-1 at number eight. Number nine, Ole Miss. Number 10, Penn State. Um, yeah, so it goes all the way down. Uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish is number 20. North Carolina is number 24. Kansas State's number 25 after the loss they took from the Texas Longhorns earlier. So, um, yeah, things are heated up as we get later on into the college football season. The Saturday nights uh, are heating up, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so yeah, moving on real quick, let's talk about the art of play calling. Play calling, we need it in everything, right? Uh, strategy thinking. The coaches, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, usually match up with the other coaches. It's like a chess match. One's trying to outthink the other one, try to outplay on the play calling with the other one, right? So the players, the athletes have to, uh, have to, um, have to execute them on the field, right? So it's a big chess match in a way. So I had I wrote an article for the sports column um, that was published, I think, this morning, uh, The Art of Play Calling, right? So you have uh, – and NFL Films did a short documentary about this too. So, you know, coaches come up with uh, play calling, but you have to come up with code names, code words like uh, Fauci or uh, Los Angeles Rams actually have – this is a humorous one – have a play called the Fauci, which is called running the needle, which is basically running straight. When I was playing high school football at Memorial, we um, we had uh, code words for numbers. So the eight route was a straight route, the four route was a slant route, stuff like that. So um, it's very interesting to see how these guys do it. So usually NFL coaches, college coaches will take from movies, different countries, uh, music, you know, artist names, stuff like that. So one's called the Fauci, run the needle. Uh, one's called Joker, one's called, uh, you know, Tommy Boy. Uh, once, I think the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots have a uh, play call called Light Sticks. Um, and, uh, yeah, so all these are code words, code words to outfool the other team, right? So why do you see coaches, you know, put the uh, play call sheet up against their lips when they talk? Because they don't want to be able to read the lips or, or – uh, or the other coaching staff on the opposing team read the lips, right? Because you're saying, okay, well, he's saying this, right? Um, so, yeah, no, it's very interesting. They have Joker. They have Wolverine, um, uh, Tommy Boy. Uh, I know one NFL team has Spumoni based on the uh, uh, Will Ferrell comedy Semi-Pro where he played Jackie Boone where he's wrestling the bear and his safe word is Spumoni. There's one NFL team that has that. It's called the Spumoni play. Um so, yeah, so I thought it was very interesting. I did write an article about it. It's up on the sports column if anybody wants to read that. So, uh, yeah, so that will conclude our show for today. And uh, hope everybody's having a good day. And make sure to uh, watch some college football. We'll see what happens when the uh, what teams win and see if they can make it to the college playoffs. So, uh, yeah, make sure you hit that little subscribe button. I'll see you guys very, very soon. Okay, take care. Bye.